What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 74, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Point of No Return, to the Point, point of, of No, no return. return. We're an independent podcast. You can help keep the thing independent. You can find us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. Every dollar that is received is going to Zach's computing device. Thank you so much, everybody who has a uh, patron and has been uh, uh, chucking money our way. It's wonderful support. We thank you ever so much for it. I've said it a few times. I'll say it one more time. Friends, we're in a goofy, goofy time. If you got, if you got to bow out, bow out. No sweat. If uh, if if you're in the privileged position to be able to support the show, uh, we welcome it. But um, all of our content uh, will eventually be on our podcast feed no matter what. But the good stuff, the main show, will always be on podcast aggregators, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the whole, the whole works. Uh, uh, let's see here. Special thing. I, I'm zipping through things normally i'm much more verbose zach but uh i'm a jerk and uh i i moved our recording time and then uh i also have another uh, uh obligation to which i uh give no bones about it's uh it's it's a one o'clock minecraft date with my daughter so it's it's you know it's totally it happening takes precedence over me it, i'm it, sorry it, 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 does. it does it does it, it which is it. fine um, so, but Zach, if somebody wants to let us know that, uh, they actually prefer it when I go on for probably five minutes about nothing at the start of the show, how might they, how might they let us know about that? So you can uh, get a hold of us by emailing us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com. It is W A L K I N G T H R O U G H E T H E S T A R G A T E at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can find us at Twitter at stargate walking. You can also go to Facebook and the stargate walking, walking through the stargate Facebook page and the Facebook group. And of course, on the Patreon and all of that. So, Brent, I have a question for you. Yes. Is this a moment where we tease the thoughts that we were talking about prior to going live? Or do we just let that sit there and let the nondescript description that I'm having here be the tease? I know what you're talking about. I'm kind of in favor of teasing it out just a little because there's a whole lot of logistics we got to get through first. So... Generally, so what you're talking about, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Okay. Go ahead and talk about it a little bit. So, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, we we mentioned that both of us play uh, role playing games, mm-hmm. and uh, then uh, one of you great listeners emailed us and said, "Hey, have you considered doing a Stargate role playing as something for the Patreon listeners mm-hmm. uh, to start?" And I'm like, well, I hadn't thought about it before, but now I am. And so we are thinking about that. Uh, There's still a lot of logistics to do to make it happen. Um, It's not going to happen in the next two weeks. I'll guarantee you that right now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Truth. (laughs) Uh, But uh, we are thinking about that, uh, lining up some of our friends together uh, to do some recording of a Stargate role-playing game session or two. Yeah. Uh, that will at first go on to our Patreon feed. Uh, they'll get to listen to that first um, and uh, then go from there. So, yep. All right. I mean, it's a good idea, and we're definitely, definitely trying to figure out how to do it. It's just a question yeah. of, okay, well, what all do we have, what all do we have to have to happen? But, yeah. Well, good stuff. Yeah. It's a good recommendation. Yep. yep. Okay. So, with all of that, Brent, shall mm-hmm. we? Wow, that's the clo- the fastest I know. intro we have ever Four done. Four minutes. This is I great. Know. Okay, so this episode, Point of No Return, is <laughs> written not well written by Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully. 
Mm-hmm. This is their third of seven episodes this season. We, of course, heard them with Window of Opportunity and Scorched Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll hear their name several times this season and, of course, uh, several more times as the series progresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director for this episode was William Garrity. Uh, this is his only directing credit this season, but you will oh. recognize that name. Uh, he did Broke Divide and mm-hmm. Enigma mm-hmm. in season one. He did Thor's Chariot and Family in Thor's season Chariot. two. Mm-hmm. He did Rules of Engagement and Past and Present in season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does have more episodes in future seasons, and I did not get that written down. So there you But have just it. the one this one. Got it. Just the one this season. Um, uh, I also noticed that uh, three of the uh, six episodes, the six episodes he's directed so far were written by Catherine Powers, mm-hmm. um, which is just so kind of interesting. He's a, he's, a, he's a big influence on the Catherine Powers scale. There you go. Uh, okay, so we have a couple of guest actors, actually more than a couple, but I'm only going to highlight two. Yeah. We have uh, Willie Garson, who plays Martin Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, rarely at a loss for work, Garson has appeared in over 300 episodes of television and more than 70 films. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is best known for his long runs on television as Mazi or Mazi on White Collar, Stanford Blatch on Sex in the City, and Henry Cofield on NYPD Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, he also appears as the grifter with a heart of gold, Jared Hirsch in Hawaii Five-O. He, had, uh, he was on Texas Hold'em Celebrity Poker. Uh, I don't know if you remember that back in the early 2000s. I do, yeah. Uh, but he actually won his round on that. Oh, hey, nice. And he earned the name Evil Willie for his fierce card playing. Oh, good. I'm glad it was for his fierce card play. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. You carry on. (laughs) Also, on an interesting fact, he has played Lee Harvey Oswald three different times in three completely unrelated productions. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. In Ruby in 92, Mm. in Quantum Mm -hmm. Leap in 89, and Mad TV in 1995. Interesting. Lee Harvey Oswald. In all three of those, mm-hmm. uh, which is fascinating. I haven't seen, I'm sure I've seen the Quantum Leap episode at some point in time, uh, but I haven't seen the other two. Sure. Uh, his very first credit, according to IMDb, was in 1986 when he played Walter in an episode of Family Ties. Ah, nice. So uh, that is Willie Garson. Mm-hmm. We also have Matthew Bennett. He played Ted. He was um, most known uh, for his role as Cylon Number Five, Aaron Doral in mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has starred in over 150 hours of network television and received two Best Actor nominations for his work as Detective Len Harper on the award-winning police drama Cold Squad. Uh-huh. Couple fun facts about Matthew: He has a black belt in Krav Maga. Mm. Um. And, uh, okay, so just the one, you know, fun fact about him. He has a black belt in Krav Maga. But we will see him again in a future episode of Stargate as a different character. Aha, okay. So we won't see Ted again uh, 
in this. And his first credit, according to IMD, was in, IMDb, was in 1991 when he played Henry in a two-part episode of Street Justice. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. That uh, uh, are the two actors that I'm going to highlight today. Excellent. Uh, Point of No Return originally aired on September 8, 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one on the charts in the U.S. was Still Doesn't Really Matter by Janet Jackson. Aha. I'm not going to make any jokes about that. No jokes. Not really mattering, even though <laughs> since it's been around for so long, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. No. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Uh, in the U.K., they really loved themselves some A1 steak sauce. I mean, just A1, because they were listening to Take, me, Take On Me by Aha. A1. It's probably a cover. I don't remember it, so I'm probably going to put it, but I bet you it's a cover. So, so as that's going on, we yeah, have in the it. box office the watcher because you know when you're listening to a cover of music, then you got to watch it because that's what you do when you're listening. That's... You watch. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's clearly Nurse Betty who's doing the watching, and as she's watching, she says, "Oh, come on, I can do better than that. Bring it on! Bring it on!" She's getting into a fight with that. That fight is going to end her in a cell. And then she's going to wake up and realize that she's actually in space with some cowboys. Oh, my gosh. Space cowboys is still on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. that was terrible and good, but terrible. Especially the one you listen, you'll watch. That one was the worst. I had a, I had a, I had a scowl on my face on that one. But, good, uh, good, nice, good. Nice I, 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 my, my goal and my intent, Brent, is to make you scowl. Is to make because, me scowl. <laughs> you know, that's what I do. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so what happened on this day? Very little was happening in the early Septembers of 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, on September 7th, uh, the 17th MTV Video Music Awards occurs, and Eminem and Aaliyah win. Mm-hmm. So, good on good you job, guys. <laughs> and then, a couple of days later, on September 10th, the musical Cats closes on Broadway. Yes. And this is important because it's Cats, and of course, Cats is Andrew Lloyd Webber, and yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber makes me think of uh, Phantom of the Opera, which makes yep. me think of Point to No Return, which yep. is one of the songs, and it's also the name of this yep. episode. Yep. There you have it. There you, that's, that, that's perfect. Wonderful. Okay. All right. So, we do have a few trivia things worth noting here. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph Melozzi has stated that this episode is closer to his original version than any Stargate episode he has ever written. Which is hmm. kind of cool. You know, yeah. usually I turn in the script and then it goes through several different rewrites yeah, before it gotcha. actually gets out there. But this was pretty close to that original one. Mm-hmm. Um, while in the motel room, Teal'c and O'Neill are watching the 1951 movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still, which is about uh, things, an alien who visits Earth and appears to be human. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Um uh, Paul Mully, one of the other co-writers, says that the idea for this episode grew out of the fact that there were a lot of Stargate website fans, uh, and there are actually a lot of people who were thinking, and it was circling up around there, that they thought the Stargate was actually real, mm-hmm. and that the show was a cover-up Gosh. by the government. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, okay. And so they wanted to play around with this idea. So Good. the characters become involved with a conspiracy nut who has heard rumors about the Stargate. Not only that, but he claims to have vague memories of an alien life and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, that 
uh, is our trivia for this episode. Uh, as we look at this episode in different languages, we have French point of no return, Italian point of no return, Spanish point of no return. The Czechs say there is no way back. Ah! The but Hungarians say where there is no return. Oh, yeah, okay. And the Germans are like, no going back. No going back. No going back. No going back. Nice. All right. So that is our trivia. Uh-huh. Okay. Are you ready for the synopsis? Yes. Let's do it. The flagship team is called into the principal's office. Okay, it's just the conference room, but none of them know why, and all of them, well, all except Jack, were doing something important. General Hammond <laughs> arrives with a tape player. He has a recording of a phone call from Martin Lloyd, a conspiracy nut who knows about the Stargate program in, frankly, quite a lot of detail. He also knows Colonel O'Neill and wants to have a face-to-face meeting with him. And so SG-1 is traveling to Montana. O'Neill meets Martin in a cafe. Teal'c is masquerading as a cook. Sam and Daniel are in the van listening in. Daniel wants donuts because, you know, every stakeout needs donuts. <laughs> Martin proves just as paranoid in person as he did in the recording. But just because you're paranoid doesn't mean people aren't out to get you. Ah. Martin seems discontent with life on Earth and is convinced that he's not just interested in outer space. He's from outer space. O'Neill doesn't think there's much to Martin's story, but the team has found his house, so the colonel stalls by accepting Martin's invitation to go into the forest and see his spaceship. Carter, Jackson, and Teal'c head to Martin's house. Wow! He's quite the conspiracist. (laughs) Teal'c is amused by the toy laser gun. Carter notes the near-life-size model of what looks astonishing like an Asgard. Jackson finds Martin's pharmaceuticals. But, like I said, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean people aren't out to get you. While three-fourths of SG-1 search the house, we discover that someone else also has Martin's house under surveillance. And their equipment picks up on the fact that Teal'c is, well, not from these parts. Out in the woods, Martin unsurprisingly gets confused, and despite wandering for what feels like hours, he cannot seem to find his ship. And O'Neill then convinces him that it's time to return to town. Dr. Frazier was able to do some tests on the pharmaceuticals and discover that there are some anomalies in Martin's prescription drugs. They may be part of his problems. Sam and Daniel head to Dr. Peter Tanner, uh, Sam and sorry, let me try that again. Sure. Sam and Daniel head to Dr. Peter Tanner's office to ask a question. Dr. Tanner is Martin's psychiatrist. Tanner seems shocked that the military would be interested in Martin. I mean, he's just a delusional nutcase, right? In the course of the interview, they are able, however, to get Martin's work address. While this is going on, Teal'c and Jack are waiting in the motel. Jack is watching the day the Earth stood steel. The day the earth stood still, (laughs) Tilk is enjoying the massage of the vibrating bed. Jack continues to feed his friend the quarters needed to continue his new favorite part of earth culture. Martin knocks on the door frantically, calling out for O'Neill to open up. Martin has a toothpick. Evidence! Clear evidence that everything he's been saying is true! 
You see, he props the toothpick against the inside of his front door so he knows whether someone has entered his house. He's not crazy enough to go through the front door because, duh. So he sneaks out the window and he puts a hair on the sill. And if that's disturbed, Jack, what do you want? Says Jack. I want to go home through the Stargate. He even shows Jack a slip of paper with a gate address on it. Jack also takes Martin's prescription meds away from him. Daniel and Sam check out the address of Martin's work, but all they find is a giant empty warehouse and a bunch of guys with guns. The guys with guns are led by a Cylon who begins interrogating them. (laughs) And when asked to explain Teal'c, they describe him as very good at what he does. Definitely not ordinary with an expertise in speech writing. And when the Cylon shows a picture of Teal'c's symbiote, Daniel is truly impressed with his drawing skills. Is that a duck? (laughs) Uh, By this point, the pair should have checked in with O'Neill, but they haven't. And so Jack is getting worried, while Martin is simply getting more agitated. Jack decides he's going to retrace their steps and find answers. He heads to the psychiatrist's office, while Teal'c, that is to say Murray, stays behind and watches over Martin, making sure he doesn't take any additional medication. O'Neill discovers that Tanner's office has been emptied out completely. With no other clues, he returns to the motel. Martin has been locked in the bathroom after attempting to bite Murray. Martin is getting more and more agitated until he finally collapses in the bathroom. When he comes to, he remembers where his ship is. They should have turned left at the bottom of the ravine. (laughs) Duh! And they turned right before. Totally the wrong direction. (laughs) Martin takes them back into the forest, and lo and behold, they find the clearing, and they find a spaceship. O'Neill calls in a team to analyze the ship, and Martin's memory continues to clear up. He remembers that he had companions with him when he landed, fellow soldiers. His world was at war with powerful creatures that demanded godlike worship, the Gua'ul. O'Neill and Teal'c reveal the truth of who Murray is. Martin is astonished. Opening the ship, however, will alert those who are after Martin. And so they set up a trap because, you know, half of their team is still missing. Martin is dangled out as bait. But with the wire Martin is wearing, Jack and Teal'c will be able to track him to, well, hopefully, where Sam and Daniel are being held. Everything goes as planned. They find their way to the warehouse. They find Sam and Daniel tied up and Martin locked in the van. But there's no sign of Martin's former associates. Martin does, however, have a device from his ship that is all of a sudden counting down. They all run out of the warehouse thinking that it will explode. It doesn't. Derp. However, the spaceship does go boom, (laughs) leaving a massive crater behind. To which I say it's a good thing that all of those guys who were studying the ship left. Because that would have been bad. (laughs) Martin now remembers everything. The five of them were soldiers, deserters, that left their world behind and came to Earth to hide. Martin, learning of the existence of a Stargate on Earth, wanted to return home. But his compatriots overruled him and drugged him into amnesia. With no sign of his compatriots... The SGC stops looking for them. O'Neill takes Martin back to his homeworld, 
only to find a smoldering ruin where a great city once stood. And so, they all returned to Earth. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yes. Point of no return. Yes. What'd you think? So, I... Uh, it, it started off kind of fun, and then it got quite a bit fun, and then it got pretty darn fun, and then it ended kind of fun. Uh, you know, and, and, and it took a couple of turns along the way. Like, you know, at first it was a little silly, and but, you know, like, silly in so much as, like, obviously this, this conspiracy theorist has nailed, uh, hit the nail on the head as far as the Stargate program, etc., right? So, so in that respect, like, we, the viewer, know that he is actually right on the money. And then watching the interplay as they're investigating the situation and hearing him, t- the, and plus the actor, what was the guy's name again? He did such a good job. Willie Garson. Willie Garson did such a fun time. To- it was it was good it was great and uh having the story develop was actually pretty relatively convincing um you know especially in the stargate universe uh that something has happened and they had brought them to earth and that they're trying to kind of cover up that they are there and the plausible reason that they are actually deserters uh when it's all said and done um uh was 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 all was 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 easy for me to believe and having this quirky nerdy character was also endearing because i feel like a quirky nerd many times so you know it's it's nice just to have that sort of just on the screen it was just kind of nice and then watching uh, especially uh christopher judge in this episode was just i don't know freaking hilarious in a couple of spots that goofy grin (laughs) when he's on the bed with the 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 shaky bed thing like it like that was (laughs) That was hilarious. I don't know why I was laughing so hard just watching him just like get a big grin on his face and just, you know, shake. And like, I don't know why, but whatever. That was great. Um, And uh, Richard Dean Anderson um, playing uh, playing the character, you know, like the 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 character that, of course, knows everything, but is trying to play it off like he knows nothing. And, you know, playing into that a little bit. That was also um, the, the only like downsides that I thought about it, it wasn't really that much of a downside, but like the, um, uh, the, the bad guys were not really that well fleshed out. Like their story and the trappings, no wrong word, not trappings, like the core of it was there. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it's best represented, at least I think it's best represented by that visual style that they chose to use with a warehouse where it's like there's literally nothing there except for a table and some folding chairs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I mean, and I think that that kind of encapsulates how I feel about them, the characters. And so, you know, uh, having so much more information about Martin uh, matters. And it was it was it was good. But having so little information about Ted and the others um, just I'm not going to say it felt discongruous, but it was just a little along the lines of like, you know, I get it. We didn't we didn't really have to know an awful lot about them. That's fine. Uh, but I don't know. It just didn't quite set that well with me. I think that if yeah. that was something that was a bit more fleshed out, even if it wasn't explained, even if just visually it looked like it was thought out, I might be thinking more highly of that moment than uh, than I am. So so it's a little complex. But generally speaking, I had a good time with it. I thought it was funny. When it needed to be funny, I thought it was relatively serious when it needed to be serious. I thought the story was engaging. I thought that it resolved, and it definitely resolved kind of insinuating that I'm going to be seeing more of Martin. Do not answer that question. 
I do not want to know. Okay. Um, but at the moment, it's like, well, what did they do? They had to turn right around and go back through the gate, back back to Earth. So will I be seeing more of this character that I really liked? I hope so, but I, but I don't know. So what about you, Zach? What do you think? Uh, you know, I enjoyed this episode. I like this episode, but I also have kind of a, a weird feeling about this episode. Um, so I've seen this episode enough times that I know... You know all the details about. It. I know you know the the lines. They still in the the punchlines, the jokes. They they still work with me, uh, which is great uh, after a whole bunch. Um, but I also remember a time when I watched this episode after I know I had seen the episode and I knew the storyline. But I'm like, how does this end again? Mm-hmm. Wait, what what happens at the end? And and I remember like, oh, oh okay, that's how it ends. Uh, so th- there are elements of this that just kind of, like, the story just kind of stops at the end. True, yes. Uh, you know, the, the, the antagonists just disappear. They go, poof, they're gone. Uh, why are they gone? Well, because the script says they have to be gone, and that's the end of the story. There you go. And then we walk through that's the true. gate, and yeah, we see right. the, the devastated world, and we're like, well, let's just go back home. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I remember Martin... At the time, I remembered Martin, and I remembered his conspiracy nut theories and his paranoia and all of that stuff. But then, you know, when it came down, I'm like, what, what's, what's the story here? I couldn't mm-hmm. remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, since then, I have watched it enough times that now I remember because I've seen it enough times. Yes, uh, right. Uh, so that just kind of sits in a weird spot for me uh, as I look back at things. Um, I love the character of Martin. Um, it's, it's just this perfect character that is such a caricature and yet not over the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, which, which is just, you know, makes, makes me just smile. Uh, and Willie, you did an Mm -hmm. amazing job with that character, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, because, he continues to be this, you know, through, through, from the page one to page X, whatever page X is, when page X equals the, the last page. Uh, yep. You know, he, he's he's this caricature that's not over the top. He doesn't, it doesn't fall into the realm of utterly and completely and unbelievably absurd. Right. Uh, it certainly dances around absurd at times, uh, but it it's... It's believable. It fits. Um, and then to see, uh, this is one of those episodes that's relatively rare up to this point where our main actors get to be especially funny themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Chris Judge and that bed, the fact that he doesn't have to say anything. It stops and he walks over and, and you just see <laughs> right. his hand come out there. And, yes. And, and then yes. O'Neill's like, oh, okay. And, and tosses a bunch of quarters into his hand. And then he goes yeah. and he starts the yeah. bed up again. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the looks he gives there um, without saying anything. It's hilarious. Uh, you know, when, when Carter and Daniel are being uh, interrogated and like, what do you think about yeah, this? And yeah, they're yeah. like, uh, ooh, that's really nice. Did you draw that? Yes. It's a duck, right? <laughs> it's a duck. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, so you, you get these moments, these beats that these, these actors and these characters get to be uh, funny uh, without falling, in again, into the realm of absurd. Um, 
and that's something that you don't see a lot of. You haven't seen a lot of up to this point. Um, you know, you've seen a few episodes here and there. Window of Opportunity had one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. had some of those. Um, but uh, yeah. well, so, it's uh, yeah. it's good to see the show. And I do remember that I've caught insinuations that there are definitely going to be moments where they they have a lot of fun. I think you have said as much to me uh, in the podcast. Like, there's going to be moments where the show is having fun with itself, and yeah. uh, you know, and that's and that's good to see. Um, but yeah, it it's it's well, it's a little like um how uh last time with beneath the surface how i was saying that the only way the only reason why i was enjoying it at all was that i am enjoying watching the character uh the actors play the characters mm-hmm. um it's turning into uh a moment where i just like watching jack o'neill be jack o'neill and i like watching richard dean anderson play jack o'neill and yeah. so the situation even if the situation or um better said even if the story is kind of crummy uh, if uh, if everybody's being true to their character type and they're playing it as they can and they know and they have the talent to do so, it's just a joy to kind of watch them do it. Um, I'm reminded this is a whole, okay. You ready for this one? This is gonna be a hard left turn. So hold on. Here we go. Over to the left. All right. So okay. Okay. Um, All right. A few hard years left. ago, hard left. A few years ago, some uh, some some friends of ours invited us. Some friends of ours invited us to a um to a professional wrestling match. Now, not a not a WWE match, not like fill up a stadium. No, no, no. Um, like we're talking, we're not even talking like uh, like minor league baseball. <laughs> we're talking, we're talking. Maybe there were uh, two hundred of us spectators in the audience, uh, and technically oh, it was televised, but on a yeah, but on an internet only like uh, television. It was. A hoot! It was so much fun. Partly because they were not taking themselves—I don't know—they, they, the, the, uh, the athletes, the athlete actors were not taking themselves too seriously. Everybody knew what was going on. But what was really, really, really cool was watching basically a bunch of stunt performers perform stunts like live sure. in front of you. And yeah, and in that respect, it takes uh, quite a lot of skill. I mean, like these people are throwing themselves at each other at tremendous speeds through the air. Like you know, it, it's it's a spectacle. But the actual, like, totality of the moment had everything to do with watching people pretend like they were (laughs) watching people pretend like they were wrestling. (laughs) But nobody cared, right? Like, it was like, we're not here to, like, none of us are fooled. Uh, We're watching a spectacle, but what we're watching is is entertaining in and of itself. And, And it was a great time. It was a wonderful time. And so same with this, like, I really enjoy watching the actors play the characters. And so does this episode deserve that kind of analysis? Like, the only good thing about this thing is that the characters... No, no, this actually was... The story was fun. I enjoyed it, and, and Martin was great. And uh, the background the background story was... At the end of it was fine enough. In the middle of it, it was quite fun. Um, but... I also very much enjoyed watching, uh, you know, Amanda Tapping play Samantha Carter and kind of be like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, but yet knowing exactly what was going on. And, you know, <laughs> like, is that a duck? That was a great line. Like, it was it was well done. Um, but that's me now talking for I don't know how many minutes about how much I like watching the actress play the character. <laughs> it's like, you know what I like, yeah. Zach? I really like Richard uh, Dean Anderson and I yeah. like Christopher Judge. Right, yeah. Like, it's okay. You I'm, you can talk like that if you I'm want to, but it's fine. I'm fanboy, I tell you what. Was... 
You know, oh my god! You know, <laughs> I have to say, Brent, that that uh, the walking through the Stargate listeners are really enjoying the fact that you are turning into a Stargate fanboy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, they, yeah. They're they're enjoying that. So, and I'm yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, um, yeah, and I'm enjoying it too. And you know, I guess yeah. you know that was the whole point. Um, but on the other hand, it's still it's still a moment of like, you know what it is. I'm enjoying understanding it right or uh understanding the 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 positive aspects that's the wrong way of saying it i am enjoying getting it like it's like gotcha i now see why this show is so well loved it's for these reasons and you know yeah Um, that's good and 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 it's probably the characters that makes this show more than anything else it's the value that it has Mm mm-hmm uh, that you have these characters that, and you've got these actors that do these characters so very, very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and, uh, one other thought on that thing that, you know, that's a good point. Like, uh, because I think for me, it's easy for me to be drawing comparisons between uh, Stargate and Battlestar Galactica because BSG, uh, the pilot or the miniseries came out, I think in 2004. So it's pretty close to this time. And, um, half the reason why I'm always thinking about it is because I keep seeing, you know, crossover actors, including there was that part there in the middle where they were talking about like, you know, are these guys really aliens? And I'm like, yeah, of course they are. They're Cylons. I mean, come on, duh. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, BSG, I liked BSG a lot because of the story. And they wrote it as a story. They were writing it as a four season long story and the characters were good and the actors started to really gel into it. That's for sure. That absolutely was happening. But the story was very, very, very interesting to me and I really enjoyed that. But that does contrast with an episodic television show uh, where sure, the stories can be good individually uh, and the stories can be good even in uh, even if there is sort of a collective arc in this in the season. Uh, but when you're writing episodic, you really got to have these characters be pretty great because uh, there's no real motivation for our viewer to come back next week. Right. There's no there's no unanswered question that they're not going to know the answer to unless they tune in again next time. Sure. Um, and so, you know, if, if you want to hook me, you got to now have these. These, these characters and situations where I am enjoying watching it transpire because next time it's going to be a completely different situation. But not completely, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and so comparing these two things is, is also interesting to me just at a high level. There we go. Done with tangents for you, now. You know, so you know, we, we've talked about how this show here really is on that uh, early cutting edge of developing serialized television. Mm-hmm. And... N- at no time does this series really develop into what we would think of a serialized TV. Battlestar Galactica is definitely a serialized television show. Right. Um, Star Trek Discovery is a serialized yes. television show. Right. Um, and uh, one of the things that I'm noticing, we, my wife and I had this conversation um, 
earlier today, in fact, we were talking about how we have CBS All Access and we should probably cancel it because we've passed the the the, the free trial part. And, and the only thing that we really like about CBS All Access is the Star Trek stuff. Right. And we re- watched Picard and we loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started watching Discovery. And I know you've seen at least most of Discovery. Mm-hmm. We're maybe about four or five episodes into the first season of Discovery. And mm-hmm. we kind of stalled out on it. And part of it is that... Uh, the characters in in truly serialized television, the characters tend to take a back seat to the story, right? Mm-hmm. And right now, uh, the story in Star Trek Discovery is not holding my attention. Sure, and I don't have good characters that I'm curious about what happens with them. When the story's not holding my attention, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that that I, I you know look back to episodic television, and I'm like, this is something that that something like Star Trek or Stargate really has going for it because uh, it's got great characters, yes, and the characters have you know I mean, it's taken four years, sure, uh, which to be fair is not fair to to compare that to Discovery when they've had right. four episodes, but still. Um, even even early on, the characters were uh, developing pretty quickly, um, and so there's something there with those characters that really holds it for me. Uh, in this, uh, even if we get stories like last week, I'm like, mm, nah, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got the good characters, and this, I think, we got uh, mostly good story. Uh, it, there's a couple places where it kind of cool a little bit. It just kind of has a weird ending. Uh, it just kind of stops there, which I guess is fine. So I've got a question. I'm not actually sure you're going to be able to answer it because I was pretty emphatic and I'm sticking to my guns. Like they set it up like I'm going to see more Martin and I would love to see more Martin. Okay. Or Marty, whatever. Um, but I genuinely just kind of want to find out, right? Like, so... So we're going to leave it at that. But all right, the question that gets a little too dangerously close to answering the first question is sort of a generic question about why these aliens were on Earth at all. Um, like they had an escape pod. So this is what we learn in this episode. Yeah. Um. There were these five aliens from this other planet, and yeah. they were having, they were in a warlike situation against the Guawul. Okay, so okay. This okay. group of five, or yeah. at least five, I don't know if there were more on the ship or not. It's not specified. Um, uh, and it sounds like there were probably other groups that were also sent out in other directions, but they were sent out from their home planet to try to find allies to help them. Oh, uh, so, I, I, I missed that. Okay, carrying on. Um, and so they came here to Earth, and what they discovered, I mean, I don't know how long they've been here. They can't have been here for much longer than four or five years. Um, right. Possibly longer. Right. Um, but it's given, certainly, Im- right. It's implied that they've been here a relatively short time. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I would guess, if, if I were to guess, I would say that these guys have... Uh, arrived here uh, probably five to ten years sure. prior to this. Gotcha. Uh, it's not specified, um, but they've been here long enough that they have uh, 
gotten into the culture enough that they have surveillance equipment and the like. Yes. Uh, and the surveillance equipment that they're using is Earth-based surveillance equipment. They're not apparently using very much of their advanced technology mm-hmm. uh, on their ship and whatnot. Uh, their ship is not here. We don't know where it is. Right. Um, but they came down in an escape pod. Um, and then they buried the escape pod and then subsequently blew it up at the end. Um, but one of the things that we learn is this group went out to find people to help their planet. They found this planet. This planet is not in a position to assist them. And so they says, well, I guess we're screwed anyway. And so they became deserters. Uh, and so they... Presumably, that's the moment they decided to come down off their ship. It's hard to say. We don't know that for sure. But at some point in time, they decided to come down. Or maybe they decided to just not go back up to their ship. It, mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they entered into life here, uh, trying to blend in. Uh, at some point in time, Marty uh, thinks that what they did was wrong. And he needs to fix it. And they don't want him. And so they drug him. And they make right, him forget. Right. And all that stuff. Blah, all that blah, stuff. blah, blah. Right. So, but it did, um, and thank you, because there was a yeah. beat there. Just because the way that I absorbed the information at the first start, it was along the lines of like, okay, I get it. You, you know, you, you've, you're deserters. I get it. Um, but where did your big ship go? Or maybe you've been in that little ship for a very long time, and like, how long have you been on Earth? You know, as as you and I were just sort of batting around right now. You know, there was a there was a fair amount of kind of background information stuff. Well, getting back to that. Getting back to that bear warehouse example or a uh, uh, metaphor, um, there was just enough information for me to kind of piece it together, but not much more than that. Um, which is okay because it really wasn't a story about them, their plight, their flight, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, and landing on Earth, et cetera, et cetera. It was more about uh, having a romp in the realm of what happens when a conspiracy theorist is right, like you know, right. like you know, and and you know. This 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 nerdy recluse, uh, who everybody thinks is crazy. Well, no, <laughs> and the one one of his compatriots who's not really a psychiatrist. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I actually don't know how many people think he's crazy. <laughs> I have no frame of reference as to how many people he engages with. Actually, <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm a little concer- curious if uh, Doctor Peter Tanner had any other patients besides Martin. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and if he did, oh, those poor patients. Oh, those poor people. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So that's that. okay. So Brent, yes. we could chew on this some more, but we need to move on because of our time constraint. I got a time constraint. So this is when I ask you, good dear friend of mine, mm-hmm. how many chevrons out of seven do you give point of no return? Uh, by the end of it, I really enjoyed the episode quite a bit. Um, the end did kind of happen relatively suddenly, and there was a bit of a bare bones aspect to it that I normally want more information. Again, even if it's just visual information, like right. we don't have to sit there and describe why there's a banner on the wall that looks, but it, but but if there's a banner that looks, you you know what I mean. Like if, even if there's a visual clue that there's a there's more story, I like that. And everybody knows I love story. Um, so it's gonna be fine, but not super duper good. And so 
Um, I think I'm going to give it a six out of seven, but I was waffling between five and six. Um, I had just enough fun with it that I think that it's deserving a six. Uh, five kind go. of implies that it was a little bit on the mess side. Nah, it really wasn't on the mess side, but I'll call it a week six. How about that? I give it a week a six. A week six. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about you? What do you think? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I agree pretty much with your assessment on that. Um, I think that, you know, I was actually thinking about what I would rate this prior to the, this episode, uh, prior to us talking about it. And I kind of had a number in my head that I was going to go with. And, um, I am deciding that I'm going to stick with that number. Sure. Um, even though your, your description here at the end could potentially have convinced me to go a different direction. I'm going to say five. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to go with a five. Um, and, you know, I'm going to hold on to that five. I, I, I could do something with but I'm going to say five. Uh, it's a good episode. It's a solid episode. Uh, but it also just kind of, I think it, for me, it's just the, the fact that it stops. The fact that I can yeah. remember yeah. listening to this episode, watching this episode. Wait, wait. How does, what happens again? Yeah. Um. Uh, but uh, I love the characters. I love Martin. I love uh, our main characters as they interact with Martin and others uh, and all that. So I'm going to say five. Makes sense. Okay. Okay. So I like that. You give it a six. I give it a five. And mm-hmm. now it is time to turn to our uh, listeners with yes. their prediction. Yes. Uh, Arnacht is back. Hi, Arnacht. Um uh, we actually uh, missed him for a couple of weeks there because uh, uh, he didn't realize that we had started up again. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Arnold. but but glad you're back. But, but then he, he he took a little bit to catch up and and now he's back. Yes, uh, so point of no return is a fun episode with good non comedic elements and an intriguing mm-hmm. premise. It's certainly on the better side of SG One's episodes. I predict that Brent and Zach will both give it six Chevron. Very close. Very close. Very close. And, you know... Well done. And I'll, I'll even suggest here, insinuate just a little bit, that if we had had a little bit more time to, to talk about it today, you sure. may have convinced me to pump up that, but you didn't quite. S- not quite. So you're, you're, you're giving it a strong five. I'm giving, I'm giving it a it six. A, I'm giving it a strong five. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> because okay. because we need because we need yet more ways to fracture this scale <laughs> <laughs> by introducing the concepts of strong and weak. Uh. All right, here we go. This is David. Hi, David. Solid episode, action, humor, drama, adventure, the tropiest of tropes in the Stargate. <laughs> Everything you want in the Stargate episode, right? The ending, though, where Marty goes through the wormhole and finds his home world destroyed. Uh, that was a bit of a, a tonal shift, uh, mm-hmm, and felt mm-hmm. a bit out of place. Uh, then again, uh, yeah. So, uh, he suggests that Brent, you will give this a five Chevron rating mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's solid, but not amazing. Mm-hmm. And I give it a five and a half Chevron rating. Pretty darn close. Good logic. Um, and I like, I like so, the observation about the tonal shift. That was a good... Good yeah. observation. Uh, David, uh, I am choosing not to read all of your email here. Uh, and yes, but 
that's why it's what it is and not what you suggested. So, David those, understands. The words, I, under, I, I heard all the words, and individually those words make sense, but uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yep, okay. All we right. have another email here. Okay. This is from Caleb. Hey, Caleb. Ah, interesting. Every time I watch Point of No Return, I thought it was great. I thought the mm-hmm. actor that played Martin did a great job, and the mm-hmm. other four characters mm-hmm. were all well played. Plus, yeah. Murray. I mean, yeah, we didn't even talk about that name. Murray, I know. <laughs> but that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, he does say, I believe later on the name is used again, and, and I'll spoil that. Yes. Uh, they, they moving break, they... forward, uh, Teal'c as Murray does uh, return. <laughs> so that, that name for Teal'c comes back. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Okay. My predictions are Zach, six, and Brent, five. So close. Just flip them and you got it. (laughs) Just just, just flip them. (laughs) Oh, excellent. All right. Yeah. So now we also have some uh, predictions on Facebook. Yes. Okay, here we go. We've got uh, quite a number of these here. Mm, okay. uh, so, JD says, this is Hi, a JD. hard episode for me. Mm. Uh, when I watch this episode, it's kind of meh, but uh, but trying to put myself into both of these mindsets, Zach will give it a four and a half, and Brent will give it a three. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. I, yeah, I didn't, Um, I wasn't jamming on the meh. Now maybe like my uh, you know mild complaint about the you know the 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 Baron Warehouse might have been more powerful for JD. Like right. you know why are they here what's going on like okay fine they're whatever but cool. Okay. I liked it though. Uh like Julie says this episode is okay but uh, I think Zach gives it a 5 mm-hmm. and Brent gives it a 4. Oh. So Julie thinks Brent would not like this as much as he does. It's a hard one. You know, everybody says, Brent, that, you know, your your Chevron rating has a lot to do with how you are feeling in this moment. Uh, Yeah. Which is There's nothing wrong with that. I I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. We've got a couple more here, and and we're running short on time. A little bit. Jacqueline. Thank you. Hi, Jacqueline. There are a few funny moments throughout the episode, but overall, I find it just an okay episode. However, mm-hmm. um, let's see here. Da, 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 da. I'm going to say Zach gives this five chevrons. Yes. And Brent will give it four. Oh, so close. You guys, y'all are getting good at this game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then finally, Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly is really good been good the last couple of weeks of, mm-hmm. of uh, posting her predictions and uh, the last couple of weeks she has popped those in just after we finished recording but since we're recording a little bit later today hey. uh, the normal we have them here so nice. Kimberly says Zach will rate this four and a half and mm-hmm. Brent will rate it a four mm-hmm. da, da, da. <laughs> uh, it's an enjoyable episode with good humor moments yeah so um yeah so uh, good job everybody um, yeah uh brent apparently likes this episode a lot more than uh even i expected him to uh but let's be honest it's still a week six 
It's not it was a, a week solid six. six. It, it, no. It's a week six. It's a week six. I couldn't Which, bring myself to give it a five, and you all know I'm not going to do part scores. So, But you have in the past given things a part score. And I've regretted it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fair. <laughs> All right, so Good Brent. Stuff. Yes. The next episode mm-hmm. of Star Stargate SG-1 mm-hmm. is entitled Tangent. <laughs> Not sine or cosine, tangent. <laughs> and I ask you, what is tangent all about? All right, tangent. Hmm. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team travel through the gate to find themselves on a strange world. Speaking of strange worlds, did you know that the planet Earth was once upon a time a primordial place that had a whole lot of asteroid impacts and that some scientists theorize could be the very reason why we have as much water on this planet as we do? Speaking of water, did you know that water-based life forms have a possibility of existing on extremely large planets because of the pressurized action of water and how water does not compress when under pressure nearly as much as one thinks? Speaking of thinking, did you know that the possibility of having tangential thoughts is not only a normal <laughs> process of the human mind, but also could indicate some kind of parallel processing, which allows for subliminal contact with a... D- <clears throat> oh, right, Stargate. Um, so uh, the the team, uh, they go on a place and they do some math and they figure the thing out and they get to the gate and they're, they're home free. Yay! Join us next time. Hey, did you know that dry paint can actually be a great conductor of... No, it can't. Um, Join us next time on Stargate SG-1. Tangent. (laughs) Should we go into a philosophical tirade about uh, whether or not it's appropriate for somebody to have, uh, you know, differing... I don't know. I I was trying to create a tangent, but that's not how it works. That you can't force a tangent to happen. Um... No, you really can't. No, it has to be. It's it just got to be organic. It's just got to pop up. So, so suffice it to say, yeah, we should uh, watch the promo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I imagine that I probably got a couple of those things wrong. Um, okay, I am. Uh, I've got it ready to go. I'm ready to hit go now. Jill, you there, buddy? Welcome immediately to the southwest of you. Next time on Stargate SG One. Oh, what the heck? Whoa! Oh! What in God's name is that? That general is the X-301 Interceptor. Colonel Jack O'Neill and Teal contend to take the X-301 out for weapons test. Huh? Only to fall victim to an apparent catastrophic systems failure. Oh no! Oh no! This Digger 1. Cheyenne. Oh no! It's all next time on Stargate SG One. Wait a minute, they're at Jupiter? Oh my gosh! I if we can. We got to find it. By the way, folks have been uh, marveling at my ability to not immediately jump into the next episode. I got to tell you, it's getting harder. It's getting (laughs) harder to not jump into the next episode right away. To wait, you know, a week. It's getting harder. Yep. Yep. You know, it's actually hard for me as well. Um, I'm actually enjoying watching it with this kind of slow burn, this this regular weekly burn. Mm -hmm. Um, But... 
but there's also a part of me that just wants to binge watch it <laughs> just to get on with it <laughs> well i'm excited i'm excited for next week it's gonna yeah. be good stuff so that's tangent uh give a special thanks to david for making yeah thank you david. Promo for us uh, he does really good work there yes, and i appreciate that very much no kidding <laughs> okay so uh tell us what you think about point of no return uh tell us what you think about uh brent's fanboy qualities <laughs> Uh, tell us what you think about uh, Martin and his conspiracy oh, theories. Um, well, I mean, they weren't really conspiracy theories. Anyway, carry well, on. The, the, well, some of them could have been. I mean, he did go on for a really long time at the beginning. Very long. Uh, which, by the way, I have to say, as one who has tried to fast forward audio cassettes, and we are talking about an audio cassette yes. to get to a right spot. Yes. Uh, the fact that he was able to relatively easy just go oh, yeah. boom oh, yeah. and hit that spot yeah. right on the dot. I'm like, Hammond, you got mad skills. It, that's why he's a general. That's right. <laughs> that, is, that, that right there is what gave him his second strike. That's, right. that's how he got a star. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brigadier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brigadier General, in order to get that second star, I need you to take this tape, fast wind it into the future, and stop it right on time. Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, speaking uh, of tangents. <clears throat> yeah, uh, okay. So uh, tell us what you think. You can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Stargate Walking or on Facebook, this page, or the group. Um, until then. Uh, I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.